Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and relax. Just put aside whatever else is going on, whatever you're doing. Make yourself available to the Lord. Remember, He's in you and with you. He's around you. He goes before you and behind you. And He cares for you. He cares for your circumstances. He cares about what you care about. He loves you. Because that's his nature, so he can't not love you. But also, he cares about you specifically, individually. You are important to him. You are important to God. He values you. He focuses on you on the circumstances in your life, on how you are getting your needs met, whether it's relying on him or relying on your own strength. He's working out every aspect of your life. He wants each of us to make the most of our time here on this earth. He has expectations for our existence here. This is not just a holding pattern, but an opportunity here on this earth. If all we were just to do was to become a Christian and then just hold until we die, he would just convert us re-spirit us and then bonk us on the head, take us on to what was next. But he has something for each one of us here on this earth. In fact, he has many somethings for each one of us here on this earth. One of the things he likes to do is distract us with something we understand so he can work on those things that we we don't understand, don't comprehend, can't even put in our own thinking caps. So when he does bring an interest or an idea or an encouragement or a thirst, a hunger, a drawing, Respond to it. This is the way, walk in it. We we pursue, we knock, we follow what God is doing in our lives. Not that that will satisfy us, because only God satisfies us. But while we are putting our hand to whatever it is he has for us to do, He's doing the heavy lifting. 
God himself is changing you. He's healing your soul. He's bringing your soul back into reunion, back into life with your spirit. We can't do that. So very often, the more we can get out of God's way, the better. And I think in a lot of ways, for most of us, that's what we're here for. We are here to learn habitually how to depend on God instead of relying on our own strength. Without God, when before we were re-spirited, before we were born again, we had no hope of our needs ever being met. But that didn't stop our soul from trying. So your soul tried to meet your needs for love, for value, for significance, for purpose, for belonging, acceptance, a future, a hope. But without God, none of those needs can be met. We try, we go through relationships, we go through careers, we go through ideologies and religions, looking for something that fills our emptiness, that meets our needs. But God doesn't allow those needs to be met outside of him. So we try harder. And then that doesn't work, and we try harder. And then that doesn't work. So we come back to what is it that God offers that we can't do on our own? And that is life, life itself, life eternal, that he not only offers, but he instills. His eternal life is in your spirit right now, drawing your soul back into relationship. So your soul is being tugged on by the spirit of God that's in your spirit, through your spirit. So it's tugging, it's calling. It's like... God's spirit has one hand on your spirit, the hand of your soul. But the other hand is in the clutches of your bad habits. Your soul is saying, no, I've always done it this way. I've always believed that God was this way. I've always this way. And very often our bad habits keep us from stopping and thinking. Is doing it this way successful? Does it work? Does it accomplish anything? I think one of the problems that Christians have 
obviously not all Christians, but a lot of Christians, we look at church and we look at leaders to tell us how we're doing. Because if somebody else is telling you how you're doing, you don't have to think about it yourself. You know, think about if you attend a church or if you know people who do, think about them. Do you, Are their needs being met by God or are they being drowned out by other things, those needs? Do we know... Would we be able to tell if someone was in our midst in a, in a church meeting that was in despair, that was doubting the very existence of God, let alone that he loves them? Or are we so dependent and reliant on habit? This is how you serve God. This is how you're a Christian. This is what it means. You put on a happy face. You put on clothes, you show up at the right time and you sing the right songs. But that's also why so many are leaving organized religion. Because there's a recognition that it doesn't meet needs. And believe me, there's, you know, church groups and family groups and being alone just worshiping God and being with God, that can be just as deceitful as anything. So there's, it's not just about going to church. But we fool ourselves when we think just continuing to do the same thing over and over again, tweaking it here, tweaking it there, trying something else, but deciding on our own how to please him, how to honor him, glorify him. We want to maintain that control. We want to evaluate how we're doing on our own. And God intervenes. And sometimes in subtle ways and sometimes he knocks us off our feet. But he changes us. When we encounter him, we are changed. So you've got the bad habits that we keep on trying to rely on, tugging your soul in one direction, and the love of God meeting your needs is tugging your soul in another direction, in his direction, in in a direction of restoration of unity, of returning to eternal life. So this is really where we're at here on this earth, is that tug of war. That we've talked about our enemies, the world system, which is out there, the devil, which was created for this purpose, which is also out there, But our real problem is our solical habits, which is in here, which is personal, which is 
friendly and comforting and reliable and even sometimes if we're miserable at least we at least it's familiar and we can control at least how we're hurting but god will not let us stay there because he is concerned about each one of us. He is concerned about you. He's offering you everything you need for life and godliness here on this earth. That's the tugging towards life, tugging towards restoration. But as in anything, the more you allow him to tug you and the more you re- respond, your other hand is going to slip away from all those bad habits that you've been relying on to give you comfort. And just let it go. They never were valuable. Those bad habits were allowed by God before he was available, but now he's available. His love is available to you and is competing for your attention. And he will not be denied one way or another. So respond and think about it now. Are there times when you have turned him away or you have not recognized or have not wanted to let him draw you away from your own control of getting your needs met. We all do it. We're all in the same boat. This is this is the boat. It's called Earth. We're here on this Earth. That's our boat that we're all in. And we're all dealing with the same enemies. And the devil has been defeated and the world system has been overcome what we really struggle with is our own soul our own soulical habits bible calls it the flesh or sarks it's not the fleshly appetites it's the soul's desires the soul wanting to maintain control Maintain control of the input and the outcome and everything in between. Now, your soul is actually made to do that. Your soul was created by God to be a certain way, to have certain attributes. We have a will. We have a mind. We have emotions. And those all take in information, do something with it, and out and out comes something else. There's a, a transference that happens. Something comes in the left hand, goes through our soul, and goes out the right hand. That's what our soul was created by God to do. Now it all works in different ways for each one of us, but the soul takes is meant to take receive eternal life from spirit, go through our soul, and then 
come out of our soul and into this world. We have no, you know, we are so uninformed about how we work, how we operate, how our soul functions. This is one of the reasons we're learning about the supernatural realm. We're trying to, we're working to get away from just seeing things from a natural standpoint, using our natural senses, but also thinking that everything else is spiritual. It's not. Our real understanding needs to come about about our soul, about our soulical relationship with the supernatural. That's where our struggle is. Because your your spirit is done. Your spirit is, is perfected already. Your spirit is already as close to God as it's ever going to get. It's done. And your body just follows along. Your body is is like the lead is like your feet on the earth. It grounds us, but it doesn't give you your purpose. It's not who you are. It's your earth suit. It's your meat sack. It's what carries you around while you're here on this earth. It's able to function here on this earth, but it's not you. And your soul isn't you either. But there's something about learning what the soul does. Think about your car. You have to learn a certain amount about the car to operate it. And we accept that. We go, okay, we have to, we understand that when the fuel tank is empty, the car won't go. So we keep an eye on the gas gauge. Or we respond when the little bell starts going off or whatever your notification system is. But we recognize, okay, we need to go get gas. We don't feel guilty about that. We don't make a big deal out of it. We don't think, we don't see it in terms of a spiritual context. It's just something that needs attention. So we've understood even though we may not understand the whole car, we may not, probably don't understand how the engine works or how the tires go backwards and forwards. We don't understand shifting. There's a lot of things we don't understand, and you don't have to understand in order to drive a car. But there are some things we do understand. You don't drive around with a broken windshield. You, don't, you, know, you follow traffic laws. You wear your seatbelt, things like that. You, you learn to drive your car according to how, your own needs, according to how your particular usage is, what the laws are, that kind of thing. You, you take all those different elements and you bring them together and you make decisions on how you use your car. Well, in one sense, your soul is your car. You don't need to understand all the aspects of how it operates. But there are some basic things we don't want to be ignorant about. We don't want to be ignorant about how it gets its needs met. We don't want to be ignorant about preventing additional bad habits. You know, it's a bad habit if, if you for, 
constantly are forgetting to get gas in your car, that every time you you run out of gas, you have to call somebody to either come and get you or you walk to the station and get gas in a can, bring it back, have a, you know, a tow truck, whatever. If that keeps on happening to you, there's, there's a problem. And very often that's what we do in our soul. We just try harder. We don't stop and think, wait a minute, I keep on doing the same thing over and over again. I just keep on thinking, I, you know, I, I, I need to be nicer to people. I need to control my temper. I need to fill in the blank. I need to get over the past. I need to do more for my future. I need to stop hating my neighbor. Whatever it is, we put ourselves in a situation where we don't stop and think, is that really the problem? Or is it step back and go, okay, why does this keep happening? And fortunately, this is one of the ways God just gently lets us know This is the way. Walk in it. You keep on forgetting to put gas in your cars because you've got, you're paying way too much attention to other things. Or whatever the explanation is, let him explain what's going on in your soul rather than you trying to figure out because your soul, in order to maintain control, will not tell you the truth. So let's start right there. Your soul is a liar. That's part of the way it maintains control, is it lies. And we like to be lied to, because lying is very comforting. The truth is hard. The truth can be very challenging. God is the truth. And he will smack us up alongside the head with his truth, because he loves us. So as we move forward in some of these things, don't be surprised if some of the things that you were sure were true turn out to not be true about how God deals with us, how about he, how he acts towards us. A lot of times we think that God is only good, only good things. You know, all good things come from God. All bad things come from the devil. That's not true. All things come from God. It's only our perception that they're good and bad. All things. It's the left and the right hand of God. The potter has two hands. Every, the rain falls on the, on the just and the unjust. It's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We want to think that our God is only good because we misunderstand what good is. Good is just our perception. Evil is just our perception. Is there a devil out there? Absolutely. And God uses him and has full control over him. 
Is there a world system? Absolutely. God has full control over it, and he uses it for our good. And by good, what do I mean? To free our soul from itself to be reunited with our spirit. However he needs to do that. If he needs to bring bad circumstances into our lives, he'll do it. Because to him, bad circumstances and good circumstances are the same. If they fulfill his purpose, that's all that matters. They all come from him. Now we've been talking about, and it's great to hear about the different notions that we have about our abilities, our solical abilities, as we're learning about the supernatural realm and the solical realm and how it functions. And we've been we've talked a little bit before about asking God for to give us an idea about which or an interest about which of our abilities we want to start with as far as learning how they work. And it's, it is amazing, not surprising, that so many of us don't have any idea what we're interested in. Some people, right away, okay, yes, this is, this is it. But a lot of people don't know where to start. And, I, and that's something we could talk about, but it's really a lot of it is we've, we've been so disconnected from listening to what's going on within us. There's, again, that competition for what our soul truly is and what our soul truly needs, God, because it's been so sucked in by its own bad habits. But this is why we're going. We're going to ask. We're going to talk to ourselves. We're going to let ourselves speak. We're going to let our soul speak. And just to sort of get you started, if you don't have a place to start, speak in tongues. And if you don't know how to speak in tongues, ask. Just ask, Lord, I'd like to be able to speak in tongues. Can you teach me how to do that? Not that he's going to give you a new ability but he's going to teach you how to drive your car. This is where you put the gas in. And when you're starting to get low, he's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, look, this is important. Put gas in your car. And you're going to develop a new habit of putting gas in your car. And just as if this is an area where where if you don't speak in tongues, ask the Lord, Teach me how to speak in tongues. Then starting the next day, be very objective about this. Go, okay, I'm going to make myself available to God to speak in tongues three times every day for five minutes each until it's easy. Until it comes, until it's easy, until I'm confident and uh, and comfortable doing it. 
So, so what if you're working? You know, when you're driving into work, spend five minutes out in your car before you get go into work. Doesn't have to be a special. Okay, when you you don't have to get up five minutes early. We're only talking five minutes. But what this does is even just spending some time paying attention to your soul will begin to stir up all the abilities. And that may happen. You may be starting to stir up all your abilities and something else might start to bubble to the surface and not the tongues. That's fine. This is not an, you know, an ultimatum that this is how we're going to deal with this, but let it come to the surface. And whatever it is, it is. Don't worry about recognizing the language or characterizing it or anything. But now, for those of you who do have a prayer language, a tongue, I want you to start asking for the interpretation. And do the same thing. Five minutes, three times a day. Speak in tongues, then ask the Lord for interpretation. Now, for those of you who are already going in a totally different direction, keep going. Now, if you want to add this other exercise, fine. One of the things I'm learning from from the feedback is people like to be told what to do. So I'm telling you, these are some things you can do. I'm not putting my any putting this in place of anything God is telling you to do, but so much of so many of us have lost the ability to hear our soul, hear what our soul needs. So start there. Godspeed to you all. I hope you enjoy these exercises. So continue to give me feedback and questions and drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org or, or through Blog Talk Radio. It's always great hearing from you, whether it's a, a critique, a question, feedback, a new topic. Always glad to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.